and all episode 106 of the Scum and Villainy Podcast, a weekly Star Wars podcast where we break down the latest and greatest in Star Wars news. I am your host, Garrett McDowell, and in my co-pilot seat, it's Noah to George. I just had a really scary thought, Garrett. <laughs> Ooh, spooky. Uh, since, I, I think now for the past five episodes mm-hmm. or so, mm-hmm. we've been getting used to the uh, being in the 100s. Yeah. Um, and now I'm worried now that we're past 105 because 105 is like the perfect episode number that just rolls right off the tongue. What happens when we get to, to 10? What happens when we get to 110? It just isn't going to feel... Yeah, 110, 112, 126, 156. Exactly, yes. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's going to be a little clunky, you know, I think we're going to have a, a like, little yeah. McClunky, a little McClunky, will. if you will. Yeah, I, I, I'm not too worried about it. I definitely don't want to switch to the like, you know, um, any other sort of abbreviation or anything like that. Like, I, I don't want to do like season three of the you, podcast, right, you know right. what I mean? Or like, so. welcome one and all to episode uh, 172. Exactly. <laughs> like, that's yeah. just, yeah, no thanks. We're no just going to, we're just going to breeze right through it, roll on through it, because it's, I wear those episodes as a badge of honor, Noah. So I'm so not, I. I, I'm not embarrassed. It's like gray hairs, you know, you get a little older and you're just like, hey, it's a part of me. This, this hair, yeah. part of me, the episode numbers. It's a part of me, Noah, okay? We're seasoned vets at this point. We sure are. Our gray hairs are showing uh, yes. in full. <laughs> and we're not dying nothing. We're not doing the <laughs> the patches of gray just for men die. No, no sorry. thank you. <laughs> uh, but Noah, today, uh, although we do normally talk the latest and greatest in Star Wars news, that's not quite what we have in store today because we've got a full meal on our plate. That's right. Star Wars Visions Volume 2 just hit Disney Plus uh, last weekend uh, for May 4th. I hope you had a lovely little Star Wars holiday. I know mine was uh, filled to the brink. Rim, um, with Star Wars goodness, and I hope uh, you, the listener, also had a great Star Wars day. Hopefully your wallet and bank account is not uh, totally depleted. Now, uh, b- before we begin talking about Star Wars Visions, did you buy anything Star Wars related? Did you have any purchases? Did Star Wars find you in your day-to-day life on May 4th beyond just, uh, you know, watching Star Wars Visions? Well, I'll tell you, I was really looking forward to picking up a new shirt um, and or or at least looking. And I did I did peruse uh, the web for some for some inspiration or anything. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, well, there's a design of shirt that I've wanted to make myself because I've never seen it anywhere. Um, Yeah. And like I looked into it and I was like, oh, it's going to be so much money to order this from like a, a custom screen printing place. <laughs> yeah. And it's a whole thing. And then I plan on going shopping over the weekend and then I didn't. And Dang. it was a whole thing. But uh, my wallet thanked me for it. I was able to just go out and enjoy the uh, the fresh air and the nice warm weather <laughs> instead of spending even more money. So on we're Star right. Wars stuff. Yeah, I didn't buy uh, I, I bought a few things uh, right after I went and saw Return of the Jedi because I wanted to commemorate it and I wanted to go to Target. Target and see like because they have some like 40th anniversary stuff and I ended up getting um, a really cool like Ewok fanny pack that I, I'm very happy with. It's like the scene of the Ewok when he steals the speeder and the like the scout uh, uh, troopers like chase after him uh, and he's like hanging off just by his hands. Uh, it's really really cool. I also got a uh, indoor Leia figure because I although I have a lot of like I have a, a Leia Funko Pop little collection. I'm not a big Funko guy, but I do love a good Leia Funko. Um, but I don't really have like a ton of Leia action figures. I have lots of Leia like figures, but not necessarily action figures. So I got one of those uh, of her in her indoor regalia. But the only thing that I bought 
actually on May 4th is uh, Shop Disney and, you know, the Disney store did a also a Return of the Jedi like collection. And it was something that I've wanted for a while. And, and it was kind of like you were talking about with the shirt is like, if I want to buy this, I'm going to have to go on like Etsy and I'm going to have to mm-hmm. like commission yeah. someone to make this. But I ended up buying uh, one of the indoor ponchos it's like officially oh, licensed no yeah so no I'm, way yeah because i don't know if you remember when we went to star wars celebration chicago i wanted to do like an, a luke indoor cosplay yeah but those yeah. ponchos seemingly something that would be like pretty innocuous as far as like how much money you would spend is you go on etsy and people are charging like 200 dollars for a poncho <laughs> and i'm like i just can't i can't you know really uh, in, in good conscience, spend that much money. So I well, spent my, my poncho less. was, was pretty, I mean, for my cosplay, my yeah. young Boba Fett cosplay, I just had to get a regular, yeah. a regular poncho. And then I used spray paint to like right. do it the way that it would have been. And yeah. I don't know if you remember, it kind of turned out to be a mess because like, it did. The spray paint made like the fabric all stiff and yeah. it was like really kind of, there were a bunch of fuzzies and yeah, we didn't like, use yeah. like, we didn't use like fabric paint. We were just like, no, oh, this is no. probably fine. This is what Boba would have done. You know, he wouldn't exactly. have gone to like your, your Joanne fabrics and not fabric paint. <laughs> he would have said, he would have said, I, I'm really looking for this poncho, but I want it to look really cool. Like, what can you do for me? And, <laughs> you know, the poncho guy yeah. is like, oh yeah, you know, yeah. because there, there's gotta be a poncho guy. Of uh, course. Yeah. In, in Star Wars. Him and Cal right? have the same guy. Of course. Of yeah. course. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm I think it just shipped today so I will I'm very patiently awaiting for that to come the only thing that's next is I got to get that indoor the indoor helmet because I was helmets man they're so sick sick. I went to Star Wars night at Disneyland and I saw like several people wearing those and I was like if I just hit him with a stray elbow and knocked him out I could just take (laughs) it nobody would even notice and I would just be sorry but bam give me your helmet yeah Uh, but yeah I also went to Star Wars night but that was before uh, May 4th and had a a, a very nice time there as well but no I I think you and I all I'm throwing pins. I'm so excited. I think you and I uh, spent our May 4th kind of the same way. Uh, and that is with binging Star Wars Visions Volume 2. Um, I know that you and I were like really big fans of the first one. I think that I, I speak for the both of us in saying that like we were like interested and curious about the first season. But I don't think that you and I are really expected to love it as much as as, as we did. Um, I think you and I were both just so blown away with the, the quality of these and like the the uh, kind of the the freedom that these episodes had and how the eagerness that I think was felt from these studios and being able to play in the sandbox. So I think the, I speak for the both of us in saying that we were very, very excited um, for volume two. Uh, before we talk about like kind of our thoughts on this season, kind of where was your head at uh, in anticipation for this leading up to the release of volume two? Well, there's something interesting, you know, we, we've talked a, a little bit about it. Um, moving from having a, having a singular um, regional style with, with volume one, uh, moving into a, you know, an amalgamation of different international styles. Um, one thing that I was very interested in, and we will absolutely talk about it when we get to it, um, is the, I guess the types of stories, um, that a lot of different places all come together to tell, which is very interesting because I think that volume one focuses, um, it focuses very heavily on, you know, clearly very Star Wars themes. Yeah. Um, nothing, nothing in, in volume one strays too far from that. So that was kind of, you know, part of the anticipation I had was knowing that these studios, no matter where they are located on the globe, have this understanding of Star Wars. And I can trust that knowing mm-hmm. what we get in volume one. Um, and volume one has this 
overarching, I think every, pretty much every episode, the main, like the main ideas presented uh, overall is, is power in the first volume. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, whether there's power over something or a struggle for power or a journey to achieving power um, or finding power, those kinds of things. I think that really well sums up the first volume. And so that was what Mm -hmm. I was wondering here is, okay, great. We have this, you know, volume one. I don't want to say that like that there's no individuality, but it is interesting taking a fully regional style of, of storytelling, locking it into one place and saying, okay, what does this, what does this region, you know, have to say about Star Wars, right? Right. Um, and, and what does this culture have to say about Star Wars? Or what do they gain um, from Star Wars? What's their understanding of, of these ideas? What stands out to them? Um, so jumping into volume two, are there similar ideas? Or are they all going to be a little taste of something different? And I was truly, I mean, that, that was my anticipation going into this. I was blown away by the way that these stories all kind of coalesce into this larger thing. It feels like every episode fits so well uh, in in junction with with each other um, in a way that like that's what really surprised me. And that's what stands out to me the most about what we get this season is like you know, episode by episode, you have, there's lots to say, obviously, and enjoyment of episode per episode, you know, it can be fluctuating, but as a whole, the season does something really, really special. I think this volume really like solidifies not only animation as a, as a viable way of storytelling, um, but also international perspective as, as, you know, part of the star Wars experience, what we view as a galaxy far, far away. There are so many other perspectives, but they all kind of line up into this, into this huge melting pot of similar ideas. I think it's really uh, like a, a huge home run for, for star Wars animation at this point, you know? Yeah. I think you're, you're wise to bring up the kind of that thesis point of, of season one and how they all were kind of circling this idea. And I think that going into this certainly was uh, uh curious about that, but yeah, I, I totally agree that one of the biggest draws for me is like, is as much as I love season one and that's great. The idea of, Okay, season one and or volume one exists, but now we're going to kind of open the floodgates and let all of these wildly talented animation studios have an opportunity to work on this show and communicate what Star Wars means to them. Um, and the fact that we get so many, you know, very prestigious animation companies, some of which I'm more familiar with their work than others, and they get an opportunity to play in this sandbox, I really did feel like each episode was totally singular. Um, And although stylistically they feel so unique and I really felt like I was getting such a different flavor of Star Wars along the way, I think they all uh, kind of come to the altar of Star Wars and preach essentially like they they don't contradict one another. Um, There wasn't anything in here where I was like, yeah, it's cool and all, but that's not what Star Wars is. Every single thing and every single um, episode in this volume, I did feel kind of preaches the same gospel, if you will, and has the same philosophy of Star Wars. And I I, I think you're right that it just really is a testament to how um, much the show or much the series has 
the series being Star Wars has impacted the world and in different cultures, what are the ideas that um, are stand out, you know, uh, to different com- uh, countries and everything. And I think that there is um, a unifying theme here. Um, and I think that there is definitely uh, something that comes to the the forefront here of, of these different um, relationships between these characters. So I'm definitely excited uh, to uh, dive on in here. So I, I don't think that you and I were really um, nervous or anything about this volume. I think you and I were just excited uh, to kind of see um, what was happening here. So uh, now that all is said and done, and I don't know if you've watched it uh, all the way through twice or, or just the one time, but now that you've had some um, time to sit with the show, uh, where are you at? Where, what's your thoughts? What's your reactions? So I was... I was, uh, you know, first and foremost, I was like, okay, I'm watching all of this like straight through all in one day. Mm -hmm. I want to absorb all of it, you know, all at once. And then I did go back and and watch a couple other ones. Um, it was funny because, you know, I had, I had said last week, um, that I, I joked with my wife. I was like, so what are we doing for star Wars day? Like, you know, are you (laughs) any, you know, surprises for me, any plans or anything? And, you know, so visions came out and I was like, Hey, I'm going to watch my show. Like you're welcome to join. And she was like, "Uh, I'm okay. Like I've got work I need to do. And I was like, that's totally fine. I will watch it by myself. And then, um, and then the next day she was like, so how's your show? And I was like, Oh my God, it was incredible. Like I was blown away multiple times by a lot of these stories and a lot of like what the animation does and different, like different flavors of animation and different flavors of stories. And, characters and writing and it's just so you know blah blah blah. and i told her about one episode in particular and she was like that sounds incredibly interesting and i was like yeah doesn't it um and so (laughs) she could have seen it instead of doing work (laughs) right i know and she was like she's like oh well now i I feel bad i should have watched it with you and i was like it still exists. Like (laughs) we can, it's not just a single use thing. (laughs) Like we can go back and watch it. So we did. Um, and she's like, Oh, that's very, I like she, she hasn't seen star Wars in that way, which I think is really important. Like I've, I've had other conversations with other star Wars fans that are like, yeah, I kind of passed on that just because, you know, it's not really what I expect from star Wars or it's not really how it's not really what I see when I think of star Wars. And, you know, for somebody like my wife, who's, you know, she's like, well, I'm familiar with the prequels because Anakin's a hottie, but like, I just cannot stand how much talking and how much like politics there, there is in the prequels. And I just like, it washes over me and I can't (laughs) absorb it. And I was like, that's fair. Uh, it's personally, I love it, but you know, And so when you remove those things, right, and you strip Star Wars down to its main core ideas and things and you have, you know, as much room as you want to build out and and look at different things and what what do you do in a short span of time? And I think that all of these episodes now that I've just had had time to sit with it, all of these episodes really take that to its full extent of, you know, you have this huge general view of like, okay, here's everything we, we want to be able to say when it comes to these, like I said, core ideas or core themes, motifs, whatever, but then being asked to condense it down into a sub 20 minute package, almost like it almost makes it more potent. It it like really kind of like 
makes it way more dense. Yeah. Um, and like I a, feel it's like, like, a, like an espresso shot of Star Wars. Oh, exactly. You know? yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, no, th- that's, that's like almost exactly what like I would describe it as. Here's a little tangential fun fact. Yeah. You know how McDonald's makes their iced tea so sweet? I do not. Do tell. Uh, they, they mix in the sugar while the tea is boiling uh, because it has like a higher um, specific heat or specific heat capacity or something okay. like that. Like a, so like it absorbs a index more, or something? Exactly, yes. Yeah. So it absorbs more sugar, and then when it cools down, the tea itself is like sweeter than it physically could be if they just mixed it in while it was cold. It's just this like really weird scientific thing that like, okay. that's exactly what I thought of, of like you have these huge ideas that you're, you know, you're allowed to play with whatever, and then you condense it down into this smaller thing. And it like delivers this really like heavy punch of just this like main central thing. Um, And I feel like all of these episodes do that, you know, to the best of their abilities. Do I love all of them equally? No, there are ones that I love more than, than others and that I think stand out more than others, but you definitely like looking at all these episodes, you cannot at all say that there's a single episode that like doesn't, hit the mark or doesn't see what, you know, you don't see what they're going for or anything like that. Um, it's all very cut and clean and, and really like pushes that, that idea of what you can get across with animation in such a short time. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I was completely blown away by this volume, like episode to episode. I just found myself being totally moved emotionally by this. Like, I'm not afraid to say, I like wept like four times, like watching this. I, I sat down <laughs> yeah. and, you know, I had, uh, I had my breakfast and like I, I tend to do, did it with Bad Batch and, and I love to do it uh, here. Had my coffee, had my breakfast and watched my, my morning <laughs> cartoons. And in this case, it was three hours of, of that. So just really sat and it was able to fully enjoy um, all of this and really go on this kind of like, bar crawl of star wars you know uh except at the end i uh, was just you know completely overwhelmed with emotions and not <laughs> and, and not other things except you were sober and crying <laughs> exactly, instead of the exactly. usual drunken crying <laughs> exactly uh but yeah i think uh, when you digest them in this way and really just go episode to episode i think that um i kind of went where you went in in picking out this uh thesis statement of ideas um and also really being able to enjoy that's kind of stylistic leanings that these different studios and countries have. And like, what a joy that was is going from one episode that's like in, you know, uh, like South Korea and then eventually going to Chile or, you know, the, the U S and then France, like it was just so wild being able to, um, you know, kind of this, uh, uh, you know, hopping from uh, country to country in a way. And I, I, I think you're exactly right. You do get this kind of, um, compact uh, a delivery of Star Wars ideas, uh, focusing on different corners of the galaxy, different people in the galaxy, whether it be just your everyday sort of every, every man, you know, l- looking towards the sky, dreaming of adventure sort of characters or people who are Jedi, people who are former Sith, like people who are rebels. Like it really is just these um 
totally different pockets of the Star Wars galaxy. And I found each of these episodes in their own right to be great. Like, even though, yeah, like I agree, there are some episodes that I prefer more to others or that like really hit home um, uh, a bit more than others. I really liked to loved every single one of these episodes. Um, and uh, so much so that there was like, it's hard to even like remember all the greatness of, of them or just like, oh yeah, there was that one really great part or that one gorgeous animation shot or, or, or voice performance from an actor or whatever, or what have you, or music, like we were kind of talking about um, off air too. Um, all of these episodes, it was just great. Like, man, it, it, to those people, and we've said it with the Bad Batch, like to those people who are writing this show or Star Wars animation off uh, just for being sort of like, uh, it's for kids or you know, it's a it's a kid genre. I think that Star Wars Visions is really proving that animation is not a genre. It is a medium uh, because you have episodes like Screechers Reach, The Pit, I Am Your Mother, all of which animation super different. Like they're all <laughs> incredibly different stories and, and have different tones and sensibilities and points to them and, and themes that they're trying to communicate here. So really like star wars fans please 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 give this show a chance if you haven't watched it um i would say this is even more than than volume one this really is a case of like if that episode didn't work for you wait 10 minutes and another one might you know like visions season one if anime is just not really your thing I could see how it's just like, yeah, all of these episodes just aren't really for me. Uh, but I think that there's so many episodes here that even if animation is not typically your thing, like I, I really think that this has a chance to just totally hit home. And if you're getting kind of sick of the same old, same old flavor with Star Wars nowadays, it's just like what a kind of variety um, uh, of flavors of Star Wars that we're getting here. So I'm excited to dive on in uh, to this. We're not going to go episode by episode, but I think that we're generally just kind of kind of, um, you know, uh, the different episodes are going to come up naturally um, in the conversation. Oh, yeah, we can yeah. kind of uh, uh, flow from there, but I don't feel a need to do a, a deep dive episode breakdown uh, of, of, of each of these episodes. So um, where do you want to begin? No, where, where, where kind of direction do you want to head? Um, well, I think that there's, you know, when you're like you had said, you know, the the you know, if this isn't for you waiting a little bit and and, and seeing, you know, what might work for you, um, I guess, you know, talking about how these are all different um, yet sort of, you know, like we've talked about talking about how they're all the same. Um, my big thing here, and obviously a conversation we'll get into more. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on what you think, you know, is the central theme of these episodes. Is it a good thing or a bad thing that these episodes all lean on a central theme or, you know, what does it say about the perspective of the studio that's writing it if they're all about a central theme because i think i have an answer for you know what the theme is i'm guessing you know yours is probably going to be the same if not yeah. you know very similar because i think it's not entirely it's not entirely subtle um but i think that there's a conversation to be had about like what does it mean that all of these studios made a story about this you know yeah. what i mean yeah, I would say overwhelmingly the the like unifying theme of all of these episodes is like love and relationships. Uh, a lot of these uh, are about family. Um, a lot of these episodes are about um, 
siblings or uh, children or parents and whether parents have passed and it's their children kind of feeling the legacy of that. Um, obviously, I think that that theme is really um, uh, well communicated in episodes like uh, uh, In the Stars, where you have two sisters who have this mother uh, who was this powerful um, like figure who stood tall against the empire, but kind of was squashed under their boot. And then these two sisters who are kind of dealing with the aftermath of that people who are, uh, one of the sisters is like hesitant to stand up against the empire because of what happened to their mother. And then one of them who feels inspired by her mother's actions. And she, uh, kind of wants to continue that fight and, and the conflict that happens, um, because of that, you also have the Bandits of Golok, which is about a brother and a and a, a sister. And the the younger sister really has this this great power to her, and it's kind of about the duty that others have around that to protect that uh, and to uh, protect that power and and be inspired by that power as well. Um, I think the only episode that is a bit of an outlier with that would be Sith, um, which is the very first episode of the volume, uh, volume two. I still think, though, that is about love, um, and I think it's more because the episode follows this former Sith apprentice who's kind of leading this, you know, pretty isolated but pretty peaceful life, uh, mostly focusing on art, um, and in, and it's it's so, uh, sort of doled out to the audience throughout the episode that they were former Sith, and uh, they've kind of turned this new leaf and chosen a life of art and cho chosen this life of of peace rather than death and destruction and I, I still think that that is maybe not as obvious of this theme of love and relationships as something like I am your mother which is about a mom and a daughter you know but I still <laughs> think it's about this person who is choosing love is choosing compassion um, and is expressing themselves in ways that are uh, are healing and and learning to love themselves rather than this person that they used to be and trying to bury that down and understanding that that's a part of you and that's a part of what makes you you uh and your journey to get to this point um is is totally valid and understandable so i think that that one is is an outlier but i still think it revolves around that thesis of love but it's mostly about um kind of an inward point of view and learning to love yourself and kind of this um dark past that you have that's that's very interesting. Um, I was wrong. Oh dang! Uh, we have we have totally different. Well, not totally different. I think that there is there are obviously like multiple things that you can gain from this. Mm -hmm. um, but the for me the interesting thing is you know kind of like you said with with an outlier. Um, the interesting thing about the you know having an overarching motif or, or or an overarching theme is finding the outliers and saying well where does this fit in not to try to force it to fit in but to say like oh no there are these things here that lead to this um, and I think that the not very subtle uh, theme here uh, at least for me for how I sort of you know how how I took in these episodes yeah. um, was the theme of oppression. And that's obvious, very. Um, but I think, you know, taking that a step further and not just saying, oh, well, they're all about oppression, right? Mm -hmm. That's just basic. I mean, a lot of these, uh, a lot of these episodes have to do with being A, a lot of Star Wars is about oppression too. Yes, exactly, <laughs> yes. I think the more important thing uh, than just they're about oppression is specifically freedom from oppression. Yeah. Um, or, or, uh, how you how you act and behave uh, under 
oppression or as a result of oppression. Um, and one for me that stood out in terms of like watching all of these. And I think it's interesting because like by the end of the, of the volume, I was like, uh, this is like, this is really interesting that all of these studios are doing this or saying this. And then we get Ao's song and boy, who, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, this that episode is so good, so great, and and so when I'm I'm watching this episode and thinking of it in the in like the context of you know freedom of freedom from oppression, and you have this this daughter who is literally silenced um, because she has she has the desire to sing, but uh, you know for for location purposes, um, it's too dangerous for her to sing and connect with, uh, connect with her natural world, mm -hmm. um, because of all the unstable Kyber, uh, that is surrounding them in these mountains. And, and the character is literally like covers her mouth with a bandana for most of the time. It's yeah. like, that's how she's animated. And, and it's so like, you know, looking at it from episode to episode of like, okay, so in this episode, the empire is here and they polluted these resources or, you know, the empire is coming and they're looking for, for sensitive kids or, you know, this, this, and that, right. Or a rebel, a, a little rebel, uh, you know, cell that's, that's operating out of this cabaret, you know, dance place. Yeah. Um, obviously those are, you know, the physical, you know, cultural oppression that we've seen in star Wars quite a bit. And then you have something like I was song, where it it's this you know this conscious choice to um, to relieve yourself of an oppression that you know is counterintuitive to what is going to help you grow mm -hmm. um, as a person and in your community in your relationships uh, as in this episode with a daughter and a father um, so I think that there's a lot here um, that once you sort of look a little bit deeper than just, you know, the empire, they keep on stomping on, you know, towns and they keep on hunting people yeah. that like how you act as a result of, or, or what you do as a result of, um, is really, really just so I, there's so much conviction, uh, in, in all of these episodes. I think it really, um, I think it really rings true, um, for all of these episodes in one way or another. And I think that those are very interesting. The, you know, if those ideas are at all similar, the theme of, of love and relationships and how you interact with one another versus, you know, the, the antagonistic force that you are trying to love throughout, right? You're trying to love and have relationships with, with members of your family, members of your community, whatever it may be, you know, all the while there is this oppressive force, right? Yeah. And, and how do those two things conflict and, and how do you combat that thing? Um, I think is put on really, really surprisingly well for a lot of these stories, even if it might not seem like it. Um, it's just so interesting to me that we have this, like I said, an amalgamation of, of different cultural backgrounds that all end up coming together and telling a similar story, um, in a way that feels still so personal. It still feels individual. Um, but they all kind of tie together and it's so, I just think it's really, really breathtakingly, incredibly just impressive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that 
especially with Au's song, uh, and you were talking about that uh, oppression that people feel, I think that that theme um, is is communicated really heavily uh, in The Pit, uh, yeah, uh, and, yeah. and, and Au's song as well, uh, and then also Screechers Reach, too, um, at the beginning of that. I really think that there is this theme of, of oppression, too. Um, and uh, I, I think it is kind of what we were talking about earlier of this, although these different episodes take such different swings at star Wars creatively. They all are still circling very star Wars ideas, just how, um, you know, star Wars resistance and, and Andor are like thematically or, um, or stylistically like on opposite ends of the spectrum, but they all are communicating uh, very similar ideas. Um, I think that this is also a testament to that too. And that's something that I love about star Wars, um, is that you can have, these things that on the surface are way different, like not even in the same zip code stylistically, but at its core are the same ideas. And that's the ideas of Star Wars. Um, and I think it's all about how it communicates that, that I find um, really, really engaging. And I think this theme of oppression, which obviously with Andor, um, with uh, with Solo, a Star Wars story, with Rogue One, it's something that has been a part of Star Wars uh, since I would argue the very beginning with, you know, A New Hope is that this idea of this oppressive force and kind of what happens as a result of that. Um, it's not surprising that creators are wanting to tell this story, given kind of what's happened in the world, uh, not just in recent years, obviously before that, but has been especially on people's minds in recent years. Um, I, I am not surprised at all that a, a story like The Pit comes out of that, you know, the story of this oppressive force that uses its influence and its power to force its citizens and its people to work you know tooth and nail to the bone for profit for this uh uh for this power who uh, does not let those very workers reap the benefits of it uh and in fact abandons them um to kind of just die in this squalor uh in the very kind of uh in the very place that all of this wealth and and um uh you know a reward was was reaped that they're just like okay we're done with you are you, your utility is used up we're just going to leave you and you're going to die in this pit you know um i think it's uh very uh very powerful that um that story is 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 told now um it, the story is led by a black man someone who uh we're gonna be talking about spoilers by the way um if you haven't seen the show we're gonna be talking about spoilers um so if you haven't go watch it it's really great and then you can come <laughs> back but um that story which was also directed by a black man features this uh black protagonist male character who sacrifices themselves uh and then is a spark of hope for uh you know the very community that is being oppressed if that's not like a very topical story i don't know what is you know what i mean like it's <laughs> it's it's it, it's coming from uh japan and in like a, a, a u.s collaboration um and i think that it is just it's another notch in the belt of the fact that star wars is able to speak truth to uh, reality and is able to reflect kind of the world in which that art was created. Um, I totally understand if people are kind of like, you know what, I want my I want my Star Wars to be in a galaxy far, far away. I don't really want it to um, make me come to grips or have to face what's happening in our real world. 
I would argue that it's never not done that. It's always done that. And your favorite Star Wars thing probably does that too. Uh, you might not just may not be looking as hard, uh, which I understand that some things like this or like Andor, you don't have to look as hard as you do with something like, you know, Star Wars Resistance or New Hope or something like that. I get it. Um, but I think it's always been there um, at its core. I also think another unifying thing that has been in like, all of the the, the uh, maybe not all but a lot of the visions things is animation for some reason has this weird obsession with kyber crystals have you noticed that a lot of these have, episodes have, have to deal with that, kyber yeah. and in rewatching volume one i'm sure we talked about it when we reviewed uh, reviewed it but kyber and animation they just like maybe it's just the magic or the mystery of kyber and crystals and like what does it mean and kind of the connection that people have with kyber especially in regards to like the dark side uh or or Pure, the other way purifying a kyber crystal but uh, a lot of these episodes kind of focus around that too i know i just uh, uh, kind of uh, puked up a lot of stuff here but uh <laughs> yeah uh, i think that there's certainly a lot of ideas that are at play um uh with this entire season i think you're right to uh, point out uh, oppression and those who are oppressed in that too yeah and, and i mean i i do think that the the kyber aspect of it is you know it is something interesting to point out that there is this you know what we know of star Wars is kind of this unspoken mythology of just like, yeah, that's kind of the way that things work, but it's, it's less focus on the way that things work and more focus on, you know, what you do with it. Um, but yeah, for whatever reason, especially volume one is, you know, is interested in explaining these things. Um, and, you know, not for the sake of just like, oh, people need to know how this works, but more so that there is something grounded here. Um, and, and I think it's interesting that a lot of these episodes as well um, have that sort of, you know, there's there's this story that revolves around, you know, so and so, but also a major part of it is, you know, the people's connection um, with with the world around them. Mm -hmm. um, that's not only, you know, the pit, obviously, like you'd said, they're mining kyber crystals, also Ao's song, where there are kyber deposits in the mountains, um, but also something like, um, what was the one I was thinking of? Um, the uh, In the Stars, yeah. where where their mother, the two sisters' mother, who who is killed by the Empire, becomes a star, as do all of the people in uh, their civilization that have also been killed by the Empire, and yeah. they end up being the only two left. Um, and once the sky clears, the sky is full of stars. Yeah. Um, and that there's this like passing down of of story through these natural elements um, of of these drawings on stones that are illuminated by starlight, yeah. and that you know. And that, that there's this almost ritualistic connection um, between not just people, but people's souls and spirits, mm -hmm. um, right. uh, you know, connecting with with the natural world uh, in this supernatural way, um, you know, sort of normalizing the idea of the magical, mystical, whatever property of nature that connects to this but still taking it that step further and having there be this spiritual connection um, with the world around them, I think is really, really strong. I mean, there's only, you know, there's, there's a handful of episodes in this volume that really uh, say something about that journey to the dark head, I think is a big one mm -hmm. um, that where there's that 
mystical connection, but it serves uh, a much more important purpose for our characters uh, in defining how they, you know, what they decide to do with their, with their calling uh, and where their, you know, where their commitments lie and their dedication to, to making the world a better place um, has that like supernatural connection with, you know, with nature in the sense of, you know, if I can connect with this thing and if I can, you know, if I can just reach out and do this, uh, then, you know, it would, it would make the world a better place. Obviously in the case of journey to the dark head, um, that's cutting off the statue of the dark head as opposed to the light, uh, and, and helping, you know, sway the tide in, in the favor of good. Um, but there is that supernatural balance that is personified in this natural idea, these statues up atop this mountain. Um, and it's, and it's all very, you know, it's all very kind of religious based. Um, that feels like it ties together in a way that's just another different way to look at star Wars. You know, yeah. this, all of these things would fit so naturally, you know? Yeah. But I also think in regards to like it, what we were talking about, um, earlier with oppression and then in conjunction with like your connection to this more mystical side, I, I think no episode really embodies both of those ideas as something like uh, Screechers Reach, which shows this group of kids who are part of this, like a, a, another mining colony. There's so many of those in, in this season too. That's another like weird little thing that there's a lot of is there's a lot of like miners in this, uh, but the, the people of Screechers Reach who works at some sort of industrial factory sort of situation, um, they are... Uh, especially the 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 young girl uh Screech- screechers reach comes from a cartoon saloon which is the same um animation studio uh that made wolf walkers uh which was so great if you guys saw it um but uh it's directed by paul young and this focuses on these these kids and and one girl especially who is kind of just fed up with the situation that they've been in and so they decide to go to this you know, dark cave on mostly an adventure as far as the other kids are concerned, but it is this sort of spiritual journey um, for this girl, a, a journey to find herself. And I thought that that story was also um, maybe less obvious than some others, but was also really reflective of kind of um, what a lot of people, what a lot of folks are kind of um, dealing with nowadays. And it's that when you are oppressed and you are in this dire straits sort of situation, how darkness can kind of be an alluring thing, uh, how doing things that maybe you wouldn't normally consider to be, uh, you know, aligned with your own virtues is now on the table because, you know, the, the, you, you're kind of out of options. You know, I, I think that there's a lot of people who, you know, you look at crime and uh, how that's correlated with uh, income. Uh, and, and there's uh, obviously a lot of correlation there. Uh, uh, folks who have lots of money probably aren't doing uh, or, or not, you know, robbing places or, or dealing drugs and things like that. But people who are in these dire straits are, are kind of forced to um, explore these darker corners. And in this episode, you have this young girl who is communing with the dark side is going towards the dark. And then at the end of the episode, which, um, at the end of, uh, towards the end of our conversation, at least we're going to be doing kind of like, um, almost like the senior superlative equivalents of like, you know, <laughs> best dressed, best, uh, you know, whatever, but we're going to be doing a, a kind of catered to this show. But was one of my biggest surprise moments from this oh, yeah. uh, episode yeah. is how that ends and it's just like yeah she went to the dark side and that's how it's just like 
I literally was like, is that it? Like, oh my God, you know, like <laughs> how impactful is that? But I also thought that that was really reflective of um, kind of today and, and, and how people yeah. can be tempted by the dark because of this uh, terrible, unfortunate situation that they're in. It's, it's the classic and or question of how far are you willing to go? Yeah. And, and, you know, will you give up these things? I think that's what's really compelling about Screecher's Reach, uh, especially is um, this, this girl has friends that she that she is you know stuck with and that they all want to kind of get out together they all yeah. want to have a better life but they still do have each other yeah um and you know when you're looking for a way out you know the the way out no matter how dark it may seem if it if it promises you um you know something other than what you're stuck with then you're so tempted to take it i think that that's such an interesting it's such an interesting and compelling uh crafted way of saying it um that it's it's so not a happy ending um yeah, personally right? i found that episode to be like specifically like in a weird way kind of like scary um, yeah, well, not, not it, in a weird way like it's pretty fucking scary they go to a yeah. cave and there's like <laughs> yeah. this witch there that like starts like screaming at him and has a red lightsaber it's horrifying <laughs> so that's that's the episode that i was like i was like oh rachel there was this episode with this like this witch or a ghost thing yeah it turns out it's a real person and then the girl's like forced to kill her and it's out i was like it's not a it's not a fun time but it's like really you know really took me by surprise uh that and you know just thinking about these differently crafted ways of, of saying things i think that the spy dancer really is such an interesting look so at, at you know you know fighting back rebelling against mm -hmm. uh re rebelling against oppression and and like we had talked about before kind of the the through lines underneath that what it's really going at is relationship uh and is love between uh, a mother and a long lost son just like oh wow yeah. i mean these are stories this is something that you know before we do any kind of awards or things just across the board you know not not specifically calling out any episodes, I will say the spy dancer, I think fits into this very well uh, and is like at the top of the list. But all of these episodes are just things that you just wouldn't see. You know, if you're if you're an avid Star Wars watcher, but you stay away from some of these things, whether it's animation, whether it's specifically a TV show, whether it's you know, whether it's, you know, anything that, that Disney has done, if you're one of those Star Wars fans that just says, well, Disney did it not for me, yeah. um, any of those things, you know, this specifically Star Wars visions, even volume one is just, there are stories that you're not going to see anywhere else for a long time. Mm -hmm. And they're stories that are so, so compelling. I think there's a lot of conviction behind a lot of these stories. Spy Dancer especially was one that really, really got me. Um, and as well as the pit, which we've, we've talked about yeah. uh, quite a bit, but still that, that idea that sprinkled throughout all of these episodes, there's just little bits and pieces here and there that like, especially in the pit, um, when, you know, when we're talking about, you know, these, the, our main character who, who, gets out and and goes to find help um not just like help the empire is is holding us captive or, or you know they they left us for dead but mm -hmm. he specifically says um you know 
we are the ones that built this city that yeah. you guys are are enjoying, that you guys are standing in. We built this, and now we're abandoned. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just those things sprinkled throughout that make you like stop for a second, and you're like, huh, that's... That's yeah. interesting. You yeah. Know? I, I, th- I wonder also, and I, I guess this is more of a question than a statement. I, I do wonder if there are fans out there who are like, is this canon? Is this not canon? And then it's just kind of like, yeah, it doesn't matter. And then that's like a deterrent for watching this. Like, I, that's I wouldn't so, be surprised. It's so wild to you me, know. you know. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised either. But that's so crazy to me because I think that probably those same people are probably saying that like Knights of the Old Republic is like the greatest Star Wars thing in the world. <laughs> uh, and it's like, yeah, also not super canon. So like, I, I wonder if there is this qualifying, like it doesn't matter. So I don't need to watch it sort of thing. Um, I, I uh, totally unrelated, but I saw that like kind of same sentiment echoed um, when like the new Shazam was coming out and people are kind of like, I don't really care to see this if it's all getting scrapped. And I'm just kind of like, I, f- for one, this is not an endorsement of Shazam Fury of <laughs> I the I don't think gods. that's why I didn't no. see it. No, but. God, no. Uh, but it's, it's more of the sense of like, you know, you could just go watch the thing and it, if it's good, it's good. And who really, you know, gives a hoot if it, if it quote unquote matters or not, if it's, if you just enjoyed it, uh, that's yeah, kind of, uh, odd to me anyway. Uh, I, I do digress. So to those of you, if you've made it this far, um, who are so stuck on, uh, if, if star Wars visions, is, is it Canon or not? It's not Canon, probably not. Um, I think it, I, I love that this is kind of a legends sort of story something that would be in these, um, cultures would be shared verbally or these stories would be shared to one another to kind of inspire others. But I, 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 I would encourage people to not get so caught up on the, is it, is it not Canon uh, conversation? Um, however, I do digress. Uh, you had mentioned, um, an episode that I was, uh, a, a very, very big fan on a uh, big fan of, and that's the spy dancer, which is, uh, uh directed by Julian, uh, Sheng, I believe, or, um, uh, it's French. So, uh, <laughs> forgive me. Uh, it's La Cachette studios from, uh, France. Uh, and that episode just, wow. 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 Like so, so great. Um, I, I loved the theme, uh, of, um, obviously it's circling on that theme of love and relationships because it's about these, um, two siblings, uh, but I love that it's this theme of in this uh, in this oppression that is happening throughout the galaxy, what comes as a result of that? And I love that this uh, this uh, episode in in particular, their answer to that question is art. Art comes out of that. Creation comes out of that. Uh, and, and art is in a form of dance and, and, and theater and performance um, uh, is, is comes out of that oppression. And I also love that it shows that art can be a form of rebellion. Uh, art can be a, a reform of, of resistance and kind of raging against the machine, so to speak. Do you know, like I really thought that that was super potent um, in this episode and the relationship between these two sisters. Obviously, there's that. That crazy twist at the end, which just really threw me for a loop, but I was not expecting at all. But I just loved how um, this was able to uh, communicate those ideas. Yeah, there, there's something really special. And, you know, we talked a little bit about um, the first episode as well, Sith, um, in, yeah. in having art play, you know, a major role in sort of this, you know, how you respond to whether it's trauma or how you, how you enact self love and Mm -hmm. self healing. Um, and and, you know, those, those ideas, um, the spy dancer, which props for being 
one of the one of the best episodes of the of of the volume just in for general sure, for sure um but the sith as well both of them being so stylistically different and i remember specifically just based on what we see in the uh in the trailer the full trailer for for volume 2 that i was most excited i think for seeing what the sith had or what sith had to offer yeah. um because it felt the most familiar in terms of like, okay, this is, you know, a 3d animated, you know, thing that, that the studio is taking a crack at. And we're always kind of thinking of, you know, the, the clone war style of animation is getting better and better. Um, but there's obviously other avenues and other styles that we would love to explore. And this felt like something that was kind of that in between of, you know, like we had said, if somebody is not totally into anime, they might be into something a little bit closer to something like this. Um, mm -hmm. And Sith was not at all what I expected in terms of animation because it utilizes just the idea of a a fully three-dimensional sandbox um, mm -hmm. to convey ideas, whether it's just the you know the scenery constantly shifting or or colors that are used to display you know, what's happening sort of behind the scenes or, or beneath the surface. Um, using that is, is, I think so like, it's, it's just so intellectually stimulating of this idea of like, you're watching this show and let's just say you're watching an episode of clone wars. Rarely is there a moment where there's something in that animation style that tips you off to how the characters are feeling, what's not being said, mm -hmm. you know, where are they going internally? Um, but with this, you have something that's so clearly abstract in a way. And then on the other side of that, the spy dancer where it's animated so beautifully, it's so different, but it's still exaggeratory and it's still, you know, conveying this, this playfulness, this huge, yeah. you know, imagination of, of what, animating something like this can be and using it truly as an art form, um, you know, primarily while, while telling a story secondarily, I think just goes hand in hand perfectly. Um, and yes, I love, you know, some of the simpler stories having Screechers reach be, you know, 2d animation and still utilizing, you know, colors and lighting and, and perspective and size and shape is just this like, you know, it's stuff that you have to see to believe in a weird way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which I think is just so impressive. Yeah. We might as well just dive on in uh, because we've kind of uh, circled it a little bit. So kind of the first uh, uh, award that we want to uh, kind of grant here is just best animation style, or at least your favorite. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that, these are so different. So how do you compare something like um, Ardman's I Am Your Mother to uh, something like, uh, you know, the, the Bandits of Golok or something? You know, it's like they're just they're very, very different. Uh, so I do want to ask um, what your favorite was uh, as far as so, just like, uh, go ahead, go ahead. No, yeah, I, I like you said, yeah, it is really difficult to it's really difficult to compare. Um, I think that there are some here that are closer than others. Um, just stylistically, I think for me, um, it, it's, it's weird cause this is by no means like my favorite episode. Um, but I think I could watch so much of a style like in the stars. Um, it was just, it's so nostalgic in this way that like, 
yes, we have a few episodes here that are more realistic stop motion style claymation, um, or, or, you know, that's not necessarily just claymation, but stop motion in particular. Um, but the way that, the way that in the stars kind of presents as this, you know, it's, it's so, um, what's the, uh, what's the studio name? Uh, Leica did Leica. Yes. Um, I was just going to say Kubo. I was like, I know that that's not the name of the studio (laughs) idiot. (laughs) Um, but it is, it's so, so much closer to, to something like Leica, um, that we just don't get stuff like that very often. And when we do, it's, it's, honestly something that that stands out in a stylistic way that really you know stays grounded and and pushes the story forward so you know i i watched that one uh that was one that i watched uh, more than once um just because i was so interested in like i said the groundedness of of the animation there i think that the way that the world looks um is it's just there's so much attention to detail. I could watch a lot of something like In the Stars, um, and I think for me it's a close a close second to. I want to obviously shout out Screechers Reach because I was very impressed with the story it was able to tell mm-hmm. through the animation. I I love the idea of seeing a, lo- a lot more something similar to like Forces of Destiny. Um, yeah, and, and that's something that anybody could easily get used to. And I think that that also has this catapulting effect on the story. Um, but for me, uh, in the stars gets my award for best animation style. Uh, I'm right there with you. It's also my favorite. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's Let's go. really gorgeous. And it's not because it's just like, yeah, I like Leica and it looks like that. Like, I think it really does right, have right. Its, its own unique style. Um, it also reminds me of the movie, um, nine. Do you remember that movie oh my, from like the two oh thousands? Yeah. It's like this so post apocalyptic sort of stop motion, um, style and I, I love just the detail here um, with these these characters they are filled with so much life in their performances uh, I love their their costumes I love how it makes the the empire look here it's also like a simple thing but I love how um, it's able to uh, I'm just gonna try not to get too crunchy with this it's it's uh, depth of field is so shallow that it makes everything look small in a really nice yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, everything looks so miniature, uh, which makes some of those larger than life moments where there's like the ATST feel, you know, so, so huge. Um, uh, I think it's got such a great start to, there's like a wonderful mythology here um, as well with the, you know, that wonder that such a cool shot of the, the little sister, like trying to use the force against the incoming tie, which is like, that's so relatable is just being a kid and being like, if I try hard enough, I can use the force, you know? So, uh, I just thought the, it was so striking, uh, and it's way, the way it was able to also mix animation styles with the flashback as well. You got more of like a 2d style in the way that, um, uh, the story that was being told with the paint on the wall was so great. And I love how it's also, you know, reinforcing this theme of like art and how that is this, uh, storytelling, 
uh, medium and a way to share history and, and cultures and all of that. So uh, I love the way that it was able to use like multiple different um, animation styles. I'm not surprised that like a quote unquote like stop motion animation uh, is my is my favorite. I have such a soft spot for that uh, uh, medium of, of animation storytelling. Um, I am your mother is also uh, gorgeous. Um, I would say if we're doing like a, a, a runner up, um, Awu's song was another obviously stop motion, but it was just so different and everything felt so like the the texture of the the characters felt like this like hand punched sort of like it just felt so odd if you would have shown me a screenshot of that i never in a million years would have said that that was star wars but i i think it would just communicated these um these ideas and these themes so clearly that it just felt really um intuitive in a way and then also like i don't remember what the character's name is but the 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 ally that they have that's able to like purify the crystals they just looked so sick you know i was oh, like yeah, i really wanted yeah. a figure of them uh but yeah uh i i think it's uh pretty far and away for me in the stars it was just every single shot in that i was like god this looks so good <laughs> well and it, it it also is complemented you know like you said with the crunchy details it's really complemented by the the actual cinematography of yeah. this episode whether it's you know the atmospheric effects whether it's the lighting yeah. the you know like i said the details in the environment and the backgrounds i think it it all works really well to to make this cohesive thing i you know there's there's a technical appreciation that i have for for stop motion um and yeah. then there's sort of that like like you said you know not just because of this, but there is that nostalgic piece of me, um, that, that this thing looks so familiar, um, that I could reach out and touch it. And yeah. like you said, I song kind of fits into that category of like, I watch in the stars and I think, you know, if I was playing with my toys and I had this tie fighter swooping down from the yeah, clouds with right. a spotlight, you know, or this ATST gets washed away with this huge wave of water, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's the kind of thing that I would imagine. And it feels so come to life, which yeah. obviously is the point of, yeah. of stop motion. Um, but you know, using it in this way that feels so cinematic, um, I think really just makes it stand out for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to go ahead and, uh, talk about, uh, what we thought was like, uh, you know, kind of the, the best written episode or just maybe just told the best story. Uh, the one that like animation voice acting, all that stuff, let's push that aside, but just purely, uh, on paper, kind of what was your favorite story being told here? Um, I, I have a couple, you know, I would say not necessarily runners up, but the stories, um, that I was most interested in, um, journey to the dark head is one that for me, it doesn't take the top spot, but I think it deserves some recognition. Mm -hmm. There's, I think an interesting world being developed here. Um, and there's, there's character background that we sort of understand that I feel like lends an important part to the story. Um, but for me, um, the spy dancer is going to take best written, uh, only because, you know, when you're dealing with these, these different cultural styles, um, and, and how we, as you know, as this bubble of American media would understand, um, these different cultural styles, um, obviously like something like in the stars or even the bandits of Golok has that, that color to it where it's, you know, 
clearly a little bit removed um, from what we would expect as a typical, typically written thing. Um, I think that the spy dancer does that in a way, but it feels really, really tight and pulled together. Mm-hmm. Um, that it still has that it still has that international feel, which is not like a slight against any of these episodes. Um, but more so that it's something that beyond just writing and performances, it's something that is communicated, you know, so well and so thoroughly throughout, you know, even past the dialogue, uh, you know, just how the characters are written and, and what journeys they go on, the decisions they make for me, spy dancer easily takes that. I think a hundred percent. It's funny. We're locked up here. Cause that was also let's my, go, pick. <laughs> let's go. uh, that was also my pick as well. Uh, I think that the story it's telling is so moving and just so like, just hit me like a ton of bricks and I just found these characters and their own emotional journey that they were going on to be just so impactful. Um, I just thought it was a really cool story as well of kind of like this inglorious bastards esque kind of like, we're going to be luring these idiots here uh, who are just going to be drunk and leering over women. And we're, we're going to completely like right under their nose, uh, just kind of um, doom them. Uh, I thought that that was really great. But then you also just have that twist at the end with the sun, which I'm sure is going to come up in some of the other uh, awards that we're going to be uh, gifting here. But like I mentioned before, I love how it really emphasizes this theme of art as a form of rebellion and how it's able to use um, dance and creativities in a way to not only like mask what's actually happening and sort of be the sleight of hand, you know, no pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, uh, but how art in and of itself can be a way to um, resist uh, kind of the powers that be. Um, also, just a small thing, uh, Lambert Wilson, uh, it has nothing to do with the writing of this. Lambert Wilson uh, is a voice in this episode. And if you don't know uh, that name just on the name alone, he's the mayor of Indy. In, in the Matrix movies, and that was so great to see him in this too. Uh, he's the just the Frenchiest of Frenchmen, uh, in, in like all of cinema. So I was just very excited uh, to see him pop back up in this again. Nothing to do with the animation, but uh, or the uh, the writing. But I was just uh, very excited to see them um, as well. And yeah, I just think that this episode really enforces a lot of like the key ideas that are present and that those kind of thesis statements that we were talking about throughout this volume. But I think it, it communicates it uh, the most effectively, at least for me. Yeah. And, and I feel like, you know, now is probably, I'm going to go ahead and make an assumption here. Now's probably a, a good time to move to a, a award for most emotional moment. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah. <laughs> because yeah, for me, it is the spy dancer. Um, there are quite a few here. There are quite a few throughout this, throughout this season. Mm-hmm. Um, just moments that really just like hit, uh, and like we talked about before having a format that's so dense, um, you sort of these, you know, moments that are, that are really punchy. You almost feel like you, you want to deserve them a little bit more. Um, just in, in the time that's allotted, that doesn't always happen. Um, but the spy dancer is just, I mean, the way that it's set up in what we know of the main character's motivations, uh, as part of this rebellion, Mm -hmm. um, to the choice that the son makes at the end, uh, when learning, uh, his true identity and when the mother learns the son's identity as well. Um, I think that there's, you know, 
there's a happy ending that we could expect from a little tiny short um, and, and how we would want this to go. But that's not the story that's told. And it's interesting because that ending does not necessarily mean it's not a happy ending because the mother's takeaway is, as she says, now I have a way back to him. And mm-hmm. that being the more important thing, um, you know, aside from him, you know, choosing to to remain as as an imperial, um, that being the more important thing of we are now connected of, you know, he has a way back to me. I have a way back to him. And she had that, you know, that moment of closure and knowledge um, is something that, you know, a lot of times I think in, in media now we have these moments that are, you know, we want to tell the story, we want it to hit home, but we don't want to repeat something that's just, you know, oh, you've seen this before. This is such a fresh idea for for how to convey a relationship in Star Wars yeah. um, that I feel is so not utilized, uh, not nearly enough. And here it's done just masterfully, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I'm also right there with you too, man. We we, we are bound to disagree eventually, <laughs> but uh, the day is not today. Uh, yeah, just most uh, most emotional moment is that conflict or that um, kind of confrontation uh, between the mother and then her like long lost son. And I just felt like it was just such an emotional wallop, and it also kind of came out of nowhere for me. Maybe it was more obvious to other people, but I just felt like it was. I didn't see it as this. What happened to her son? Who done it? It was just kind of like, yeah, this terrible thing happened. It kind of set them on this path. And these are the people that they're trying to strike against. I didn't really anticipate that it was going to be this reveal. And that final rooftop scene was just so emotional, so moving. Uh, and then also just kind of begged for more. I, I uh, like I love how Star Wars Visions has this sort of singular, just little morsels of of story here uh but there's you know episodes in this and then and also we talked a lot about it uh volume one it's just like can we get more please like lava nocho's story is not done i need to see more (laughs) (laughs) uh and this is definitely um one of those two but yeah this is one of several moments uh throughout this uh throughout this season that just completely just had me uh just weeping on my couch openly (laughs) that's how Uh, it is (laughs) the morning um i also thought that um uh the pit had some really emotional episodes as well um i did not expect that uh you know the 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 prisoner to die like that they just like just chuck him off the side of the thing i was just like oh my god but the way that his um sister is able to take the his sacrifice and inspire others i thought was really great also the entire like civilization chanting uh to like bring others to them i thought was really moving especially like in um light of like recent things happening in the world uh, i thought that that was um really really emotional um and then as far as like more than just sadness because that was what a lot of these episodes kind of conveyed in me um screechers reach uh that surprise was was really yeah, great which can yeah. bring us to our next uh, superlative was biggest surprise and that was Screechers Reach for me the way that that episode ended um in that being sort of a cautionary tale I guess not necessarily like a morally cautious uh, you know cautionary tale but of like this is what can happen to people when options are taken away from them and they are oppressed so hard that going to to the dark side feels like a more um alluring option 
for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the way that the episode ends with her just going to this one, I loved how this kind of one, two punch of you thinking that this urban legend sort of um, witch character Hansel and Gretel sort of situation is actually this dark side um, Sith, whatever you want to say, alluring this little girl. And then also like there seems to have been this communication happening between them before that they got there. And this test was actually like a trial for them to like join the dark side in a way it was just like, and then it just cuts to black. And I was just like, Oh God, what the hell? <laughs> uh, so Screechers Reach for me uh, wins the award for biggest surprise. Uh, biggest surprise as well for me is no surprise there (laughs) Uh, only and this was something that we talked a little bit uh, off air was that I you know and I mentioned it as well that I was most anticipating uh, and the episode Sith uh, only because of the really really interesting stylistic choices Mm -hmm. Um, but for me I I have seen um, a few of uh, Cartoon Saloon's projects. The most notable for me or the most memorable um, was when I was probably in fourth or fifth grade, um, my art teacher, uh, when I went to school in Chicago, went yeah. to a Catholic school in Chicago, and my art teacher was like, my art teacher and my music teacher were kind of the odd ones out. They were not religious. They were like super progressive. Um, and they were like kind of the, kind of the, uh, the naughty teachers uh, of this Catholic school. Um, and my music teacher was gay, if that says anything. So like they were real, like real uh-huh. pushing the envelope people. Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, and so my art class, we watched secret of the Kells. Um, and I remember just being like, I do not understand what's happening. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell us that you were like really emotionally moved by it or something. No, and no. You were I just was, like, I what is lost. going on? <laughs> I was I'm lost. in the fourth grade. I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then I, like I rewatched it uh, much later in life uh, and I was like, oh, okay, I see. Um, but my like experience there with Cartoon Saloon is kind of this, you know, this, I don't want to say like mundane, but more just like, yes, it's, it's easy to digest. It's like, you know, these, these themes are kind of out there in the open and the animation is very simple, straightforward. Um, and that's what I was expecting with Screechers Reach. Uh, and I could not have been more wrong. Um, it's utilized in a way that just really like kicks you in the pants and mm-hmm. says like, you know, getting gear. We're, we're jumping into, we're, we're making this real, real heavy. We're going to, we're going to make it, you know, really interesting, really fast. And it goes from that in the episode as well. Um, just this like very simple, I don't know if you've played uh limbo or inside. Mm-mm. Um, but, uh, those, those two games, uh, that are on PlayStation steam as well. Um, are, are very interesting and they're just 2d scrollers that are very stylistic. Um, and it felt very much like that, that there was just this simple little story of mm-hmm. these friends going on an adventure to hunt some ghosts. Yeah. Uh, and then it turns into a literal nightmare. Um, and then after the nightmare turns out it was this trial of this girl who's out of options mm-hmm. and it's so heartbreakingly like, interesting you know it's 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 not like just fully sad it's more so of like what i you know i didn't even i didn't even know that that was that that was a possibility and now we're here um so for me like you said yeah that's that's a huge part of it screechers reach 
huge surprise. It also surprised me too that it had this really overt horror tone to it and like this fantasy horror sort of leaning. And if you guys know anything about me, big uh, it's got a big draw to it big appeal uh so uh i i i expected that given like the studio that was working on this uh not the horror side but to have this more mystical fantasy leaning uh and i think it does certainly with like this magical mystical cave and this witch urban legend but the fact that it uh goes like full tilt horror i was like uh, very pleasantly surprised by that so that was uh really really great to see um i want to talk about best action moment Noah, because there was uh, a lot of great action in all of this of course the pew 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 is definitely an element of star wars but there was one episode um in particular that like elicited like a noise out of me i was like oh man like look at that <laughs> i wonder if it's, i wonder uh, if we're gonna do, i wonder if we're gonna be uh splitsies on this one let's I don't see know. let's see what's your answer my friend uh, for me, I am firmly uh, in. Well, uh, it's difficult. It's difficult. Not I, so firm, I, I suppose. Uh, well, Not well, so it's, firm. It's firm. It's firm for me in terms of like I know what I would think. There's a close second, and I'm wondering if that's maybe where you're at. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, uh, Journey to the Dark Head is some of the best, if not the best, anime action that i've seen in a long time um i think it it nearly tops everything in in vision season one um dang that's a that's a a tall that's a tall claim my friend it is and only because i think that like for me i i used to be into i used to be into anime a little bit um not like avid avid anime watcher um but i i think that like one of the draws for for anime for me is that is the technical aspect of everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you watch something like, you know, an American anime like uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, and there's an appreciation for it uh, in an animation sense. Then you move to something like Legend of Korra, where for me that appreciation doubles because you just know that each, you know, each cell is hand drawn and there's, there's that craft that's put into it. And Mm -hmm. I think for me here, journey to the dark head, there's, I I don't know if there, if it has much else going for it in terms of like really standing out. Um, but the, the conflict between the Jedi and the villain in this, in this episode, um, especially when they are on top of the statues, um, was for me just, mind bending the way that you can watch this thing that's so clean and still know that each frame is is you know so perfectly crafted and meticulous and and intentional um mm-hmm. so for me journey to the dark head has an insane action scene with uh with a really really compelling villain and some great emotion behind it to boot you know um i don't necessarily have as eloquent of an answer uh but sith uh, the first I, that's, episode, that's, I knew it. The knew chase it. scene in that man. Oh man, that's some good stuff. <laughs> uh, and it's literally just like, oh, that was sick. Like that's my description yeah. of it. Well, is no, like you're totally right. The, the chase scene, and I loved the design already when she was just like, like mounting this bike. It's like that general grievous sort of thing that he rides in Revenge of the Sith without like sort of the claws. And but she also has like this 
motorcycle. It's just like a motorcycle. It's just like <laughs> something you'd yeah, see on the road, yeah. just like in the middle of it. But the way that it moves is like this gyrosphere. It's like sort of disconnected and sort of goes in the opposite way. And when she turns that thing and it sort of spins, like if you were to like, you know, spin a ring or a coin on a table, it just is sort of this like floppy. Um, I, don't, I don't even know what to describe it, but she does that sort of motion and then pulls out these like dual wielding <laughs> guns and starts like shooting people out of the sky. I was just literally like, I just, it was, ah, wow, look at that. You know, it was just like, so, so cool. Like that's, uh, that's kind of what this category is to be is just like, what was just a really sick part of this show. And to me, and that was, was, that was great. Was. Uh, yeah. I would say that journey, to the dark head certainly has uh, lots of those really cool moment, uh, moments as well but this uh the, this action piece uh action set piece from sith was just uh so great and then you also have the um the uh, dark side character just sort of looming after them and there's that sick shot of them on like the ridge with the red behind them and it's just so cool man it's just so cool yeah. i loved it it, it is I love it. the the coloring of that episode is just like yeah they really went to town, which makes sense. Uh, which makes sense, given yeah. like the what's happening in the story of it being about color and, and exactly. all of that. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So cool. So cool. Uh, I do want to talk about uh, what was our uh, favorite. You know, all of these categories put together. Noah, what was the episode that you were just like, hot damn, what an episode? So, what was your uh, best overall episode of Volume Two before we close out our discussion here? Uh, we haven't talked a lot about it. We've, we've talked a little bit about it. It's come up in conversation, but I've tried to like, I've tried to keep my thoughts to a minimum on this episode, but it is far and away for me the best. And it's Aulu's song. Uh, there's just no world in mm -hmm. which a story like this is not the most interesting thing ever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just in the sense of like, you know, this is something that we don't see in Star Wars of this mm -hmm. pure natural connection based solely on this, you know, what what most people would consider and in even most cultures would consider a, you know, a connection to your spiritual side is through voice, is through singing. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's something, you know, really, really special. Yes, there's there's, you know, there's emotion behind these characters, whether it's the father trying to protect the daughter by, by saying like, no, it's, it's too dangerous, this, this, and that. Um, but the actual act of Aulu being this, you know, she knows her calling towards these things. Um, but embracing the calling while people have told you it's dangerous you'll, you know, you're going to fail. You're going to hurt somebody. It's not going to work out, yeah. but embracing that calling and learning that it is, you know, not only the best thing that you can do for yourself to grow, but is also something that can benefit, you know, your family, your community, the people that you love. Um, there's a lot being said in this, in this episode, um, that may be, you know, it, it may be right on the surface, you know, it's not that difficult to like really delve into it. Mm -hmm. But I think that the, the method that's gone about here in using this connection between spirit and natural, like kyber crystals, yeah. um, being this call and response of a voice that, you know, you being pulled to this thing could be in some people's eyes, you know, for ill. Um, but you have that control and you have that choice, um, to pull yourself back into something and, and 
you know, use your own voice, use your calling to sort of bend it to your will and, Mm -hmm. and do something really magnificent with it. I think is what this episode says. Um, just blew me away. I was, I was just really, really taken aback by this episode. Big, big, big 10 for me. Um, while I'm uh, uh, electing my number one, I do want you to be thinking of uh, your number two and your number three, because I, I think <gasps> there's so much uh, great stuff here. So I, I definitely have some uh, runner ups as well. Uh, okay. But my my number one was also Awu's song. It's just so Let's great. Go. It's Let's like the go. it's it's undisputed, man. It's the MVP of the season. It's Absolutely. so wonderful. Even though I didn't select it for like best writing or best animation, it's kind of like for me, it's like how best picture is is you know nominated as far as like in the Academy. If everybody puts the same movie for number two, but number one is like really, you know, up in the air, everyone's putting different things then like the number two is more likely to win because it's it's more of like a power ranking of how everybody puts it up so high. So for me, it's like in every category, this is up super high for me. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, the animation, wonderful writing, excellent, like really emotional, really surprising too. Um, uh, it might not be like my f- very, very favorite as regards to like writing specifically, um, but I think it is just really excellent in all categories uh, and delivers such a such like this mystical, magical sort of feeling that I think that you get when you watch Star Wars for the first time, because I think that like Star Wars is so known you know, like, so when you watch something like a new hope, you don't necessarily get the same wonder that like a character like Luke gets when he's like, what's this? And everyone's like, yeah, it's a lightsaber. You know, you don't necessarily get that same sense of like, um, like mysticism and being swept up in this magical story that I think Awu's song really sort of reignites. I think, um, I think the way that it is able to portray the, some of the best act, like uh, some of the best elements of Star Wars and that, uh, Star Wars is a very natural story, a story about nature, um, but it is also this really technical story about spaceships and hyperdrives and lightsabers that are essentially magic, but then they're also very technical, and they work with this little battery called a kyber crystal, but even that is very magical and very mystical. It's about your connection with it. You can you can purify it. You can you know do all of these different things. I think Awu's song is such a great blend of those in just a pure Star Wars sort of way. Um, I think it is also... Uh, portrays this beautiful relationship between this father and his daughter and this fear that the father has about her gift being, you know, um, something that is going to expose them, but understanding that, that it is a gift and it can be like a a gift used to liberate and a, a gift used to bring more light into the world. Um, I also think that some of the supporting characters are also really fascinating too. I felt like I song was this 90 minute movie, you know, like, scrunched in a 20 minute episode but not in a way that it felt like too abbreviated uh i felt like i was still able to go on this like fully complete pretty much like hero's journey you know like in just 20 minutes uh i i could easily watch an entire season of this um i just thought it was really really breathtaking really beautiful so I think that one uh, is definitely my favorite. Um, After that, um, I think my number two is The Spy Dancer. Um, For all the reasons that we already talked about, I think the animation, which we haven't uh, discussed with that episode as as much, I think is also really beautiful, really, really gorgeous. I think uh, the way it's able to, uh, uh, like 
portray this dance is really hypnotizing and gorgeous. I think uh, the character design of a lot of the the characters here is is wonderful. I love how like heavy the line work is with everything and how striking the color is. I think like the characters don't have like a ton of shading on them. They're like uh, uh, a little like kind of flat in a, in a really fascinating way, but the way that the episode does use shadows, I think is really great. There's that great shot of the um, Imperial officer, like in the, um, the, what do you want to call it? Like the Statler and Waldorf section of the theater, you know, like, <laughs> the booth, and, you mean? <laughs> sure, whatever. Uh, he's just like cast in shadow and it has this really like wonderful luminous kind of effect to it. Um, uh, or not looming effect to it. Um, I think after that, uh, is probably my third favorite would be, um, in the stars. Uh, I really love the animation as I already mentioned. Um, I love the relationship between these two. Um, I also think it communicates, um, a very star Wars story. So that is in no way a slight towards these other episodes. Like I said, I really liked to outright was like in love with all of these episodes. I think as far as like batting average goes, I prefer this season to season one. Uh, I thought that like every episode here was like just so good. Like I, I really can't wait to um, rewatch this even again. I've seen it all uh, all the way through twice now. And uh, each time I just am like so uh, impressed by this. So anytime I need like a bit more variety in my Star Wars intake, I think this is going to be um, uh, a, a, a big uh, return for me. So uh, what were some of your um, follow ups here or um, runner ups here? We have uh, your number two spot and your number three spot. Well, number two uh, is also the spy dancer, to no one's surprise. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, as much as we've talked about it, yeah, we have not talked a lot about the animation. One thing for me um, is that there is uh, quite a bit of action in this episode, whether it's subtle action that's just fast animation and, and the dancing even, I would call, uh, action in this very graceful way. But there's a clear difference um, between the animation style of the dancing that's so graceful and, mm -hmm. you know, and, and feels really, you know, it feels really light because of the way that that uh, the dance is sort of exaggerated uh, and utilized in the space. And then when there's fighting, all of the animation turns into this choppy kind of heavy, you know, each hit has this sort of like, pause lead up to this yeah. you know crack of you know of somebody kicking a, a k2 droid in the face <laughs> or or you know a, this you know piece of fabric being whipped and 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 pulled yeah. uh there's there's so much weight behind uh this animation even though the coloring is flat which is not a bad thing no um, it's like a totally it, like a stylistic choice exactly and and it uses that to this you know to the nth degree of this, the motion is what's so much more focused on. Um, and, and I think it like comes across in a way that feels like a full thing. It doesn't feel just like a, a, you know, a drawing come to life or, mm -hmm. or it doesn't feel like, you know, colored pencils on a, on a piece of scratch paper. Sure. Um, it has that, that real weight behind it, um, which I think is really, really special. I think before I compared it to forces of dense destiny, I think is, mm -hmm. you know, pretty, I think is a pretty solid comparison. Mm -hmm. Um, there's again, that coloring is sort of similar. Um, but here, you know, the line work, especially like you said, is, is really intentional and, and adds that, that, you know, gravity to it. Yeah. Um, and for me, number three, we've talked quite a bit about it is Screecher's Reach. Um, just, I, I, I can't express, 
um, how impressed I was with this episode and how, you know, surprised I was. It was not something that I was expecting at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think it's a little bit short, um, that, you know, this conflict sort of happens and it all is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I hold on. I need a second to catch up with this. Um, but the style that it chooses, uh, whether it's leaning more into an adventure sort in the beginning, uh, towards becoming mysterious and then being even horror based, Mm -hmm. um, is, is so intriguing to me. Again, we've talked a lot about that episode in particular, so we don't have to go through it a ton, but, um, yeah, I, there's really, you know, I was I was really excited for um for I am your mother because I wanted to see what Ardman had to bring to the table. Yeah. Um and I know a lot of people sort of enjoy that one. It's very, you know, it's very simple, but I think it has a lot to say. Um, you know, but across the board, just really, really solid stuff. And there truly is something different for everybody here. You know, it, mm-hmm. my, you know. Uh, I do know some people that I'm like, okay, you really need to watch Star Wars Visions. It doesn't matter what what you know order you watch them in, and you know with this season specifically, I can say you know, well, what are you looking for out of this? Like, what yeah. would you want to what would you want to see? And if somebody says you know, I want to see I, I want to see a, an Inquisitor that is you know so heavily <laughs> inspired by Indian design and culture, yeah. and I'd be like, I've got just the thing for you. He's got a mustache. <laughs> Uh, you know, no way. That's exactly what I was looking for. Exactly. Or, or, you know, or something like that. Like there, there's really a little bit of everything here and it's just scratching the surface to say, you know, to try to even rank three of them, you know? So a lot of good stuff, man, just a lot. Yeah. And I don't think that, uh, the star Wars visions train is going to stop anytime soon because it does seem like we are getting a volume three that it's in development. Uh, there is a writer strike that is happening right now. Um, I don't think that it's going to affect the show very much because I think it's mostly going to be in other countries, you know, so uh, (laughs) the the writer's guild of America may not affect this show um, very much. But yeah, obviously this just great, just really great stuff. Uh, You had mentioned the I am your mother episode, which we haven't discussed a whole lot. I think it's like exactly what you would expect it to be. Um, It's really, really good, has a lot of heart. I would say this episode uh, is what I would say is like one of the most rewatchable in the sense that like, pause any moment in this episode and you're going to be like oh look at that oh look at that like there's little details of everything there's like posters that she has on her wall of like Harrison Dula and like a bunch of other fun stuff there's like oh look there's Gamorrean guards in the background like there's just so many things that you could like point and just kind of uh investigate every frame and there's so many uh fun details it, it you can also tell has that. the oh, best go ahead. it also has the best joke in all of this Mm -hmm. and one of the better jokes in star Wars recently, like Uh at all, uh, when the, uh, I guess when the bitch, uh, family (laughs) loses the race and the the mom like screams and then the airbag goes off and just silences her. (laughs) I laughed so hard. Like, Yeah, it's so hard. I yeah. could, I can't even describe it. Yeah, the way uh, the way that that episode is like kind of placed is it's a really nice like sort of breath of fresh air, you know, because it's like uh, that episode comes uh, after In the Stars and Screechers Reach, like respectively. So it's a really nice like kind of palate cleanser, you know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I I think you and I, it's safe to say that we were totally in love uh, with this, and I hope that we get um, a whole lot more. Do you have any hopes or wishes? Maybe not necessarily like animation studios specifically if you do have some in mind that you would like to see for volume two um i mean 
it, it's difficult because I would never want to, I'd never want to box Star Wars in and say like, oh, well, this, you know, this studio would be so good to do this because clearly, you know, we've gotten so much good stuff from studios that I would have never known about, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's just within two seasons. So, you know, for me, I would love to keep this international um, instead of regionally locked. And that's yeah. not like it's not anything bad against season one. Um, I just think with this variety, um, you're, you're telling a a lot more, uh, you know, you're telling a lot, a lot more different stories. Um, the, the variety in stories here, Mm -hmm. while like we've said, staying tied to this central idea and keeping star Wars feeling so, you know, so pure, uh, has been really impressive. So, I would, I would love to just see, you know, okay, great. We're just going to do all different countries now, um, and see what happens. Um, but I'm really glad I know, like as soon as season two dropped, they were like, "Mm, well, season three might be in development already. So yeah, very excited about that. I have a few, um, companies in mind. Uh, first up, I have a Fortiche, um, which is a French animation company, uh, that made, uh, uh, arcane, um, Ooh, the, ne- the Netflix yeah, series. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the company isn't like owned by Netflix, but it was like it'd be the same as like Lucasfilm working with this. Right, so right. Um, that would be sick. I think we got a taste of that because like Sith's animation style really reminds me of that. Um, but I would love to get uh, uh, some of that um, flavor uh, with Star Wars. I think that they'd be really, really suited for one another. And then the other one, I'm not like an animation e- expert or anything, but I'm just thinking of like some animated films that I was really like kind of taken by in recent years. Uh, in the 2019 film Klaus, I thought was like one of the most gorgeous animated movies I've seen recently. Uh, and Sergio Pablos uh, directed that, uh, and it was produced by his, um, company, Sergio Pablos animation company. So, uh, uh, they also worked with uh, Netflix as well. So, um, if they had a crack at star Wars, I think that that would be, uh, really wonderful. Also just like a super stylistically, um, unique film, um, as well. And, uh, uh, he's uh, he, I, I don't know if that company is like an American company, but he is like a Spanish American um, filmmaker. So I think that that would be great. So I'd love to uh, definitely get some more uh, Star Wars visions on the way. Um, I'm sure we'll hear about it maybe at the next um, celebration, maybe at least get kind of like how it was for last year's celebration in the sense of like, here are the companies and the countries that are at play. Um, I think that that would be uh, great. Uh, but until then, Noah, um, we've got some Jedi survivor to be talking here. Uh, you and I, uh, just, uh, beat the game. You beat it like for real, for real. Uh, just like you did all, did all the stuff. Uh, I just beat the story, uh, uh, a few short days ago and now I'm, uh, firmly in the, uh, exploring, uh, side of the game. Um, but we will be back next week to talk about Jedi survivor in all of its, uh, story and glory. Uh, I'm very excited to be discussing that next week, but until we get there, Noah, wrap it up. Take us home, my friend. For sure. Thank you guys so much for tuning in with us. We hope you learned something today. If there's any topics or bits of news you think we should cover, you can head over to our Twitter and shoot us a message at ScumVillainPod. But for now, this has been Scum and Villainy with Noah DeGeorge. And Gary McDowell. We may the force be with you. We'll see you next time. See you guys.